Hey everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story. From celebrities to car personalities to just people who bring their cars to car shows and cruise nights. I'm Randy Cardoon and first, before we get underway, are you listening on iTunes? If so, don't forget to subscribe to our new iTunes page. It's absolutely free. You'll be notified when a brand new podcast is uploaded. And if you like what we're doing, take a moment, rate us, and please give us a review. We always like the feedback. You can always like us on SoundCloud and on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and don't forget to check us out, the videos on YouTube. This week, we head into the Wayback Machine for a TV show that started in 1975 on ABC. About two police officers who roamed their city looking for bad guys, and sure enough, there was always a chase somewhere along the line with them driving in a bright red Ford Torino with kind of a hockey stripe down the side. Not exactly the most undercover vehicle in the world. Starsky and Hutch was very successful during its four-season run with Paul Michael Glazer, David Soule, and Antonio Fargus. And in 2004, was made into a movie with Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, and Snoop Dogg. And sure enough, the same kind of Ford Torino was there. Glazer and Soule made a cameo in that movie. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to say when I was in high school, I went to the Starsky and Hutch driving school, meaning I basically drove like a crazy teenager in my 64 Dodge four-door sedan. I learned to power slide, spin the tires, but I digress. I'm a professional podcaster now. Don't do what I did when I was young driving a car. In the meantime, I caught up with Glazer and Fargus at a recent Hollywood autograph show in Los Angeles. Now get this, we're sitting in an actual 1976 Starsky and Hutch Ford Torino clone. So Starsky, I mean, Paul, what's the first car memory you have? Jeez, that's asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the first car I drove, I okay. owned, sure. which was a 52 Ford, nose and decked with a convertible atop and uh Stripped of all its chrome, except for the front and rear bumper, which I painted chromium blue. Uh-huh. <laughs> four in the floor, electric doors, and trunk. And I blew the, the, the I blew a rod through the, the block uh, within a half hour if I got it. Really? <laughs> now, did you build it that way, or did no, you buy no, it that I way? No, no, I bought it that way. I bought it that yeah. way. So you were a little hot rodder back when you were growing well, up. Well, we were all hot rodders. You know, 50, in the 50s, uh, the 60s, when you, uh, you know, there were a lot of muscle cars around. That was the beginning of it. You know? uh-huh. So that was a big thing. Did somebody else have a car like that that you suddenly thought? No, Man, how cool no, would no. That be? Did no, you no. I was going to buy a car. Uh-huh. I saved them my money, and I started looking. And I saw this ad, and I went and looked at the car, and I thought, oh, I'll buy that. What was the reaction when you brought it home? Well, um, I don't remember. My father probably was amused. But uh, uh, I don't remember any reaction. I do know that when I went off to college, uh-huh. uh, my dad told me he was going to sell it, which he did. And all my <laughs> hockey equipment was in the trunk. <laughs> and he never got the trunk open, so all my hockey stuff went with it. Oh, wow. So you were a big hockey guy when you were growing up? Uh, not big, but, you know, I, you know, I was from Boston, and you played a lot of hockey in Boston. And... Uh, and we had a pond near us, so I played a lot of pond hockey also, and mm-hmm. like that. Antonio, tell me about your car. Uh, growing up in New York City, I didn't know anything about a car. I didn't get a license until I moved to California, and shortly after that, I, I got Starsky and Hutchins. So my, my first car was a Toyota Corolla, lime green, and it wasn't new. No, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't new. Toyota Corolla. So when you started doing the show, I assume you upgraded 
Well, yeah, I think um, the first car I purchased, uh, I mean, the guys, you know, they, they had their cars, and then they, they got up these BMWs, man. And, uh, and oh, you I, mean on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then I, I got a, I got a Jeep, I got a Jeep, Jeep, uh, a Jeep Renegade. It had all the bells and whistles. It, oh, had, wow. it had gas cans on the back. It had a CB radio on it and all that. And it was funny because um, uh, Charlie's Angels was going at the time, and uh -huh. I think Jacqueline Smith, she ended up getting a Renegade, too. It was like, this is but yeah, my first car was a Toyota Corolla, and uh, and I upgraded with Starsky and Hutch to a Jeep Renegade. So you guys, once the Starsky and Hutch money came in, you upgraded to what? Well, when I did Starsky and Hutch, I, at the time, was driving a Mazda. And this was the first Mazda that, when they first came out. They had the rotary engine. The Wanko, yeah. Which had tremendous torque. I mean, I just, I went through two engines. Uh, because, mm -hmm. And they just replaced them because they were still trying to figure out how it worked. Mm -hmm. And then uh, David got his BMW, which was, what was the color of that thing? Like a copper or? Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, so who had, I, the, who had the Beetle? Who had the did Beetle? Da did David have a Beetle? No. No? What did he drive when he first started? Do you remember? What did he drive? Yeah. I don't recall. I don't recall. So he had a Beamer, and then I went and bought a Beamer, and we'd race each other to lunch <laughs> on the Fox lot, which you don't, you don't see anybody doing that anymore. No. There were so many security and police there, it's ridiculous. Uh -huh. um, and then uh, after the show, uh, I, uh, I bought a 911, mm. uh, a Porsche. And I loved that car, and I had that car for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So and then after the Porsche, I got an SUV. Uh, I got the uh, Mercedes SUV, and then I had that until uh, I had that for almost 15 years, 14 years. I, I drove that into the ground. It was a great car, though, mm -hmm. great car. You were on record many times saying when the show first started and, they, and you got on the show and you guys were all cast, and then they told you what, you'd be driving this as your police car, that this wasn't exactly your idea of an undercover cop car. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know. I, but but the, supposedly the story is, and you, is that they were looking at a Camaro at one point? I don't know what they were looking at. Um, David and I were called to the producer's office in a bungalow in the Fox lot, Aaron Spelling, and Aaron walked outside with us and he had his arm around my shoulder and he said, I got a surprise for you. And he pointed <laughs> at this car and I said, what is that? And he said, well, it's your car for the show. And uh, I turned to David and I said, I'm going to destroy that car. <laughs> and I spent four years trying to destroy it. So, How many cars did you... We only had two. Really? No, we had a lot of Bondo. Oh. We did okay. a lot of a lot of repairing and everything, uh, but there were only two cars, you know. And the first year it was a bench seat, uh -huh. and then David kept ending up in my lap every time <laughs> I took a right turn. So, <laughs> so then they made them bucket seats, and they changed the rear end the second year, so you had a quicker, you know, zero sixty. You had no top end, uh -huh. and um, it was still a pig. It's just a, you know. It's well, a, it was. I, I mean, it looked like even back then when you made a turn. It just... Oh, it was a total... It floated and boated and it just... Uh, then when they did the movie, they, re, they they built a body. I think they probably built it out of either fiberglass or something because mm -hmm. it was a lot lighter. And they put a big engine in it and, you know, tray and uh, rear end. And uh, it was a very powerful car. I got to drive it 
uh, I got to drive it uh, in a, a commercial we did for the uh, for the opening uh -huh. in New York, and then I drove it once more. We shot the film uh, in uh, in L.A. And that car had a lot of punch to it, but I still wouldn't, you know, I mean. But that car, you guys drove this, like this, it certainly looked a lot more streamlined than what David had to drive. Uh, David had an issue with the car, and rightly so, he felt like, you know, as I did, that this car was kind of ridiculous. And so when the, they just tried to decide on a car for him, he said he wanted an old, beat-up, car, a second-hand old beat-up car, so it wouldn't attract any attention. So they delivered a car, remember this time? They delivered it to the sound stage. And the, 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 the paint job had been knocked down a little bit, but it was basically a new car. David was kind of upset, so I, I found a sledgehammer and a pick. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, here, take your choice. And we went out and beat up his car for a little bit and jumped on it and I, like that. That's one thing I remember is I kept thinking, this car looks so under, underground, undercover, but it looks so new. It was a new model. Yeah. And Dave didn't like this car at all either, you know, and, and so we'd get into it and, you know, do the best we could with it. But what would you have rather had besides something like this? I mean, what did you think would have worked better? In those days? Uh-huh. I would have liked to have had something that was uh, had a smaller wheelbase, and uh, and didn't have a weight problem, and had a very uh, uh, good back end and a lot of power under the hood and um, nice tires and been knocked down outward appearance. So it was like, you know, you look at it and say, what's well, you know, it's just another car, and then. Yeah. We're when the car took off, it could not run anything and chase anything and all of that. You just described a Corvette or a Mustang or something yeah, like, like that. Like yeah. the Mustang, although the Mustang was... You know, the interesting thing is you look at the, the, the cars from that era and you look at the size of the steering wheels and you look at the mm -hmm. suspensions and you look at... The, the fact that, you know, people that had accidents in those days, they must have had so many people that got skewered Impaled. by that, by the impaled <laughs> on that, on that steering column. And... It's funny because, you know, you have so many memories of when you were a kid of, of those cars and when you see them across the street and some of the car drives by, oh, look at that Impala or look at this or look at that. And then you go and you stick your head and you look inside and uh -huh. it's just a come down. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, that's that steering wheel. It's like, you know, remember they had the suicide knobs? Mm -hmm. I actually got into a car the other day and the guy had a suicide knob. I said, oh, you have a suicide knob. He looked at me, huh? what's a suicide knob? Well, it's, you know, that knob that you put on your steering wheel to be able to turn it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Antonio, your car that they had for the show, I guess they just dipped into the Ford catalog? Is that well, what it was? I don't know if it was an episode or whatever, but um, I've never really had wheels officially. Uh, so uh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, he was in our city. He yeah, was, uh, yeah, I was, you know, the guy was, you know. Snitch at the inner city. I, I was, and what was your official job on the show? <laughs> I mean, I remember hearing and reading, and I, before I... And, it was, Soggy uh, Bay was a device, uh, you know, and just like the car, it was kind of outlandish that, that a guy could survive more than two months, you know, giving tips or being seen giving tips to cops. <laughs> but it was a device, so I, I had to have, they created many kinds of scenarios. I was a street guy, I owned a bar, I was all over the place because it was part of a formula that, uh, that they thought, you know, worked and the relationships and whatnot between us. So for me, it was always the first day. Mm -hmm. Every episode was the first day. 
That's how I survived. Mm -mm. Explain the first day. Meaning that it was the first time that I had a relationship with these guys. So that, you know, guys would be coming out of prison or coming out of jail and finding Huggy Bear. <laughs> you know, so. It would have been nice if they'd made it a more cumulative thing. Like, you, yeah. Why, yeah, I'm yeah. going to get killed get if you keep asking these questions. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and they and, kept going to the well every time with yeah, the same stuff. Yeah, and you know, it would have been nice if we'd been able to say, you know, yeah. coerce you into things. Right. And uh, you're gonna you know, have to move and, out of town for a couple of right, years. Right, give you a carrot at the, end, <laughs> at the end of a stick, or uh, you know. Okay, so Starsky and Hutch uh, 2017 is going to be in a show near you. They're casting. They're trying to put the car together. If you had the say, and believe me, as a director and a writer and a producer, you know how this works. Okay, it's your choice. What do you give them as their car? Depends what the show is. If it's a Starsky and Hutch, mm -hmm. that kind of a show. You know, you want to give them give uh, them a car, and hopefully give each of them a car if they're two partners that say something about their personality and uh, and you know because we all identify so much with our cars in this uh, in, in America. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd give one of them a, a foreign car. You know, mm -hmm. like something like you could really you could really uh, 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 get a lot of mileage. Comedy and dialogue-wise, you know, like a Fiat you know, <laughs> or a Citroën or something like that. You give that to David's character, I would. Of course, imagine. And, of course. And then, uh, you know, um, you know, I remember when uh, uh, Paul Newman did he have a Volkswagen or a or a uh, Cooper, and he stuck a big engine in it and everything. I remember seeing him tooling around Manhattan. And, mm -hmm. I always think that those are that that's more fun, but uh, you know it's also the age and the era, and they, this is the kind of thing they were selling, and this is what Ford was making, and uh, like that. But you know, you, you take a look at this uh, this car, and it's uh, it's a uh, an homage to uh, to 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 uh, overdoing things. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is the automobile industry is basically what it was. You had the fins on the sharks and the fins on the Impalas and the huge bonnets and the huge. I mean, everything was big, big, big. Mm -hmm. Like you know, and and, uh, and 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 mechanically uh, impossible. Antonio, what's in your garage right now? Uh, a Fiat. <laughs> really? There you yeah. Go. Yeah. Hey, well, there Fiat you go. Five hundred. Uh huh. Yeah. And you fit in this. Yeah, yeah. You're I mean, a tall I, dude. I mean, I, come on. Listen, I saw Charlie Sheen do that 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 A bar right, Fiat. Right, right. At first, I got a Gucci 500, and then I said, you know what? I really want to drive that stick shift, and so I got the the A bar. And then I said, you know what? I can't drive everybody in the family, and that. So I so I got the Fiat 500 four door, and mm -hmm. you know. And when the when the show was happening, after the uh, after the uh, the Jeep Renegade, I got a Volvo. Well, that thing will last forever. Sexy, but dull. Yeah, I, I, I thought dull was sexy. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that, Tony. That was a very dull sexiness. Dull sexiness. Paul, what's uh, in your garage? Oh, I drive a, uh, <clears throat> a VW uh, Jetta uh, turbo uh, diesel. Hmm? Yeah. It's got a lot of punch to it, but it's an easy car to drive. It's, I don't think I've ever been really a car hound. I like a car that rides well, that drives well, that gives you the power you need when you want to pass somebody or do whatever you want to do. But uh, you know, and so it's it's a functioning car. My mother had a Beetle. She 
got so, uh, my father, uh, you know, she first, he got her a Thunderbird and she said that was too ostentatious. So she got a Volvo. Remember the Volvo that were kind of egg shaped? Mm -hmm. And they had four on the floor, big shift stick. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of punch. And I drove that car into the ground. And so then she said, okay, and she got a black Beetle. Oh, wow. And uh, my friends and I would, uh, uh, my friends, would, when they first got in the car with me, they were so mortified because this was that age when you had <laughs> big cars. That as we drove someplace, because I was the first one to get his license, so we, as we drove someplace, I'd look over and they'd be taking, unscrewing everything they could find the knobs, the buttons, the, the shift stick knob. <laughs> it was impossible. So but, if uh, there's one car that you've had that you miss, you wish you could get back, what would it be? I'd probably say my 911 because it was such a sweet car, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't do that much driving anymore. So, you know, yeah, I'd say so. The Beamer was heavy. It was mm -hmm. too heavy. I like a light car. I like a car that's, that's quick. Antonio? I, I had a restoration project when Fiat first came into my life, and, and they were called Fix It Again Tonys. It was a 79, <laughs> it was a 79 convertible Fiat Spider, mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I cherished that car, and I fixed it up, and I right. fixed up the engine and all that, and I was just waiting for them to let me to pass when it was be like, um, you know, an old car where you didn't have to have it smogged, mm -hmm. but uh, so I had to like dismantle some of the stuff so I could get it smogged, and then, you know, kind of deal like that, but that's, I think I'd like that fun car back. Yeah. Car you want. One number one car on your list of cars that you still may want to buy someday. Oh, I'd oh. love to have a Tesla. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Ditto, ditto. My friend's got which, which one? Tesla, you know, I mean, uh, I don't think I'd want the one with the gold wing doors because uh, it's like, you know, you keep thinking you're going to get hit in the face with that door. <laughs> but um, I rode one for the first time about three, four months ago, and a friend of mine who I grew up with, and we all drove these kind of cars, and we got into the car, and he turned to me and said, You ready? Yeah, and I experience. said, what are we ready? <laughs> what am I supposed to be ready for? He says, you want to put in the seatbelt? I said, okay, I'll put in my seatbelt. And he floored it, and I just pinned me back to the seat. He hit the, the switch, and the car changed lanes by itself. Isn't that amazing how it, fast that goes from a standard and, start? And then it passed the car and went back in that lane, and that's like, yeah. so that, what the Tesla represents to me is, first of all, I think Musk is one of my heroes. I mean, he's an incredible guy, and in terms of what he's been able to envision and, and create. I think the, the, the thing that's most attractive to me about the Tesla is that it's just the cutting edge of technology. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? I'm not a big guy on pipes anymore. I don't like to hear, you know, rah, rah, I don't like to hear that anymore. It, uh, I know when you're young and you have, you know, you're always looking for a place to put it. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that makes you feel good. So some of, the, some of those cars have to, have to add the sound so that people can hear them coming. You know, the That's a good point. You know, because you get in the car, I got drove in cars and I don't know the engine is going and I think it's awful on it. It's like that kind of thing. But, uh, on that vein, you know, the nowadays are coming out with cars that are self-drive. Are you a fan of that or not? Or do you like the I don't think I could ever trust it. Right, right. Machines do fail. Right. Uh, people fail too. But I like I'd to have it, but I wouldn't want to trust it. We're, we are in this world today, we are quickly becoming a mass of people machines. that move in lockstep. 
and the, and machinery and technology is only making that more and more available to people and so uh, you know eventually whatever independence you have you won't have in a car you won't have the ability to go and do what you want to do you there's a, there's a romantic side of me that still holds with the, the cowboy and the old west and independence and individuality even though I not I know it's not a thing of the future we do a couple of things here on our talking about cars podcast it's kind of like trivia except I'm gonna ask you a trivia question about him and him about you go ahead okay so Paul Antonio's son played in the NFL you know that yes which team did he play for oh don't ask me that the Rams the He's... 49ers or the Raiders Jesus, I think it was the Raiders. Is, is Raiders your final answer? Yeah. You are correct, answer. sir. Yes. Very good. Yes. He knows something Very about Very good. He knows something about you. Okay. Uh, it's just me <laughs> rummaging around in my memory to try to remember some conversations with Tony. What about. show did Antonio also appear as Huggy <clears> Bear? <throat> was it the Lego movie, The Simpsons, or Car Wash? As Huggy? As Huggy. Oh God! I have Lego no, movie. Totally, I'm totally guessing the Lego movie. The Simpsons, if I right. Right. They did an episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's okay. That's all right. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. That one for you. See, they I'm helping did. you learn more about your. That's important. And our last one for you. In I'm going to get you sucker, which cast member from Animal House was also in that movie. Dean Wormer, you remember the Animal House movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Dean Wormer. Who was John Vernon, John Blutarski, which is uh, John, Belushi. John Belushi, Kent Dorfman, Stephen First. Okay. Which one was also when I'm going to get you sucker? I don't know because I never saw I'm going to get you sucker. <laughs> Take a wild, educated <laughs> guess because you know. Belushi. You're absolutely. It was John Vernon. Yeah, Dean yeah, Wormer. Yeah, yeah. You know, one out of he three never isn't saw my bad. Best work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I've not missed your best work. Your best work is right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a few for uh, Antonio. Antonio about Paul. What movie did Paul write, direct, and produce that starred a former NBA player? Was that player it was, yeah, Will okay. Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, or Shaquille O'Neal? None of those. I believe Kazam was Shaquille O'Neal. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. I, how, was that. I have okay. to ask, how did that happen? How did you cross paths with Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, two months after my uh, first wife died, I got a phone call from friends of ours that had that managed him. And they asked if we were going to the All-Star game and would my son like to meet Shaquille? And I said, sure. And so, uh, and then before they hung up, they said, by the way, did I know of any good film projects for him for the summer? I said, no, you ought to play a genie. And I hung up the phone. And then I started to think about it, and I thought up a story. And when I met him and his manager, I f asked when basketball camp started again, and I figured out that I had four months to get a screenplay and a green light, which is ridiculous, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I was all about just getting back to work coming back to life and so uh, I made it happen you know with the help of a lot of people but I made it happen and uh, that was that wow 
I've always wondered that story. I read that, I saw that on IMDb, uh, and I went, wait a minute. And I looked it up, and I just tried to put the two pieces yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. That was great. All right, Antonio. Paul twice played Perchik in Fiddler on the Roof. So fill in the blank. If I were a rich man, diddle, deedle, diddle, diddle, deedle, deedle, diddle, dum, all day long I'd what? Be stuck on a roof? Bitty, bitty, bum? Or drive in my limo? That a boy. Hey, very good. Congratulations. All right. And final question for Antonio. In 1987, Paul directed Running Man, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Great film. What? And it was a great film. Thank you. What person was not in the movie? Richard Dawson, Jesse Damati Ventura, Moon Unit Zappa, or Jim Brown? Not in the movie. It's a trick question, Tony. <laughs> Don't you know <laughs> <laughs> What's the first two again? First, uh, first Richard Dawson. Movie. You remember him from... Yeah. Uh, Richard Dawson. You're going for Richard Dawson. And the answer is... Not, they were all in the movie. Well, Jim Brown was in the movie. He was in the movie. Jesse Zappa Bar was in the movie. Dweezil was oh, in the Dweezil, movie. Dweezil, not Moon. Yes, ah, hey, there you go. You knew the trick. You knew, well, I thought that's where you were going. I you know the the all I heard was Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson, yeah. when we finished the film, uh -huh. was actually the star of the film. Really? So he was originally the star of the movie? No, no. He came out Focus. at the end of the movie, when you put it all together, he was the character that was most interesting and, you know, most interesting. Last thought. When you were driving these cars in the show, did, did you do most of your stunts or did you I ever did a, want to? I, I did a lot of them. Charlie Petrini was a stunt coordinator, taught me a lot about driving, so I did a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, the, you know, I could drive the car, I couldn't do heights. <laughs> I, I loved you guys in the movie. And I, 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 toward the end, it was great to see you and David in the movie. I couldn't figure out why they didn't put you in the movie. Neither could I. And, and just for the record, <laughs> did you like the movie, aside from that? Uh, well, uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was sensitive to, 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 what, to what it was representing. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, yes. You, did you like the movie? I thought it was a nice compliment to uh, yeah. having done something that became iconic. So that was nice. And I like Ben and I like Owen. I didn't think that, uh, I, I had, had, I'd had lunch with Ben and I said, what kind of movie do you want to make? You want to make it, do you want to try to create, a, you can't recreate the 70s, but can you create that relationship? Which I thought that both he and Owen were very capable of. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said that's what they wanted, but the director fancied himself a com comedy director and he mm -hmm. decided to do a spoof. So that was that. The original Starsky and the original Huggy Bear, Paul Michael Glazer and Antonio Fargus. Hey everyone, if you haven't subscribed to us yet on iTunes, do it now. You'll be alerted when a new podcast is uploaded and give us a review. It's good for you and it's good for us as we climb the rankings of iTunes Automotive Podcasts. And don't forget, you could see this podcast, actually see what the guys look like, actually see what the car looks like on our Talking About Cars video podcast. And you could see that on Facebook and at YouTube. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.